Jesus. Turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 3. I am excited about all that God is doing. About everything that he is accomplishing, whether we can see it or not. And there is a lot that he is doing that we can see. But I believe there's even more that he is doing that we cannot see. Let me just skip ahead for just a second. In in a few minutes, we're going to read Romans chapter 12, and we're going to start at verse 1, but I'm going to go ahead and read verse 6, okay? Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. What I'm going to get out of service tonight is in direct proportion to the faith that I walked in the door with. you but I'm I've felt it when I walked in the door and we're used to having now we're used to having 70 or or close to 80 people on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and you walk in on a Wednesday night and the devil wants to suck the wind out of your sails well guess what devil you're full of hot air It'd be a pretty sad state if we would just let the devil get us down into the muddy grubs. I'm telling you, I believe with every fiber of my being that there is more going on beyond what we can see than there is in what we can see. And we are thankful for what God is doing that we are seeing. We are not diminishing that fact. We are not trying to minimize that fact. But I'm telling you, even when you can't see it on a Wednesday night, God is still working. Still working, still moving. Acts chapter 3. I love the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts. The Bible is alive. If it were possible for one book to be even more alive than another, I'd say the book of Acts is more alive than maybe. Leviticus or Numbers I mean it's the word of God I know I'm rambling I know I'm pacing I'm excited Numbers and Deuteronomy Leviticus even Lamentations that's all the word of God and I'm thankful for it there's a purpose for it 
But reading the book of Acts ought to just, it ought to spark something in you. Acts chapter 3. But ye denied the Holy One and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And let me just go ahead and tell you, what I'm preaching tonight isn't even that exciting. I'm just excited about what God's doing. In his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I want that through ignorance you did it, did also your rulers, as did also your rulers, those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. This is the word that kept coming to my mind as I was praying and seeking God's guidance for this service tonight. I felt it last night uh, as I was laying down to go to sleep, uh, and I felt it all day today, and, and I believe God just added to it, added to it. Verse 19, repent ye therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Repent ye therefore and be converted. I'm going to preach tonight with the Lord's help. And we do desire His help tonight. And be and be. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's go before the Lord in prayer tonight. Jesus, God, we are so thankful. Lord, we are loving everything that you are doing. God, I thank you for all that you are doing in our hearts, in our minds, in our city, in our church. God, and what you're doing in our world. Lord, I know that it, according to man's wisdom, the times are becoming increasingly dark. But God, we believe that where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. And God, I pray that your grace it would continue to be sufficient. God, I pray that you would move in this house tonight in a mighty way. Lord, that you would confirm your word with miracles and signs and wonders. God, we believe that is biblical. Lord, we believe that that is not antiquated. But God, it is for us today. It is for us today. In Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands unto him. Come on, we ought to be excited about coming to church. There's no other place I'd rather be than being in God's house. I've done a lot of things that have been fun, but there's nothing as fun as living for God. Nothing as fun as living for God. In Jesus' name. And... Be. Everybody say, and be. 
and B. You can be seated. The book of Acts ought to get us excited. I'm excited tonight, and I'm just, I just want you to be as excited as I am. I, in, in fact, I, I want you to be even more excited than I am. The book of Acts ought to pump us up. I am so excited. I just can't even contain myself. I'm telling you, the book of Acts ought to just pump us up. Why would you say that, Pastor? Because the book of Acts is the revelation of everything that God has been doing from the beginning of time. From man's fall into sin and everything that God was doing to bring mankind back to himself. And you and I are living the book of Acts right now. The book of Acts has not ended. Jesus, let me preach. I know. We find in this chapter of Acts that the promise of the Father has come. We would read it in Acts chapter 2, verse 2. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Everybody say a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house. Everybody say all. Come on, say all. Not part of the house, not just a section of the house, all the house. We talk about it like it just filled the upper room. I wonder what the folks on the first floor might have been feeling. I wonder what the folks, obviously there was a noise that began to be heard and it filled all the house. And I believe as it filled all the house that it began to flow out the windows. It began to flow out the doors. I believe the hatch on the roof was open. It began to bubble out of the house just like it was bubbling out of those in the house. It filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared a to them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They were not filled with the hokey ghost. They were not filled with the homey ghost. They were not filled with a, a Casper the ghost. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were not filled with the third member of the Trinity. They were filled with the power and the presence of Almighty God. They were filled just like you and I ought to be filled with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. This gets me so excited. If I could do a backflip, I'd do a backflip right now. They were filled with the same spirit that stepped out on the balcony of heaven and said, let there be light. And there was light. That God divided the light from the darkness. The darkness he called night and the light he called day and the evening and the morning. We, it's the same spirit that has creative power. The outpouring of the Spirit had caused a stirring. The crowd gathered. 
to which Peter preached the first message of the church. Verse 14 of Acts chapter 2. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken. Hey, listen up. Listen up to my words. These were not just his words, but it was the, war, the, the words and the voice of God in the mouth of Peter. For these are not drunken like you suppose. They don't have to drink to the point of forgetting their life. I told him again today. I said, no, I don't want that mess because I don't have to to have so much fun that I forget what I've done. I don't have to use that stuff to mask my insecurities. I don't have to use that stuff. I don't have to drink that stuff to make me feel better about myself. And Peter said, these are not drunken like you think they're drunken, but they're acting drunk. Yes, they are acting drunk. They sound drunk. Yes, they sound drunk. They look drunk. Yes, they look drunk. They are unstable on their feet. They're hollering. Yeah, they're hollering. They're talking funny. Yeah, they're talking funny. Every out side indicator says that they are drunk. Peter said, I know they look, they sound, they walk, they act like they are drunk, but they're not drunk like you think they are drunk. Let me tell you, you ought to get so much of the Holy Ghost that it affects the way you walk. It affects the way you talk. It affects the way you act. It makes me forget myself, but I don't wake up with a hangover. I don't wake up with regrets. Let me tell you that this is that, he said, which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And the crowd responded in verse 37. Now when they heard this, after he preached to them, they were pricked in their heart. It was more than conviction. They felt condemnation. Well, Peter, 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 you ought not to preach that way. It's not politically correct. I believe if you had said that to Peter, You'd have been safe after he got the Holy Ghost. But he would say, look at the results. Some are saved by love. Some are saved by fear. Either way, they're saved. Men and brethren, what shall we do? The crowd asks. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be 
baptized. Everyone. Not just a section of you. Not just those above five foot seven inches tall. Not just those who have approximately 57 shekels of silver in their bank account. All of you, from the youngest to the eldest, from the shortest to the tallest, from the lightest to the heaviest, somebody say, thank you, Jesus. All of you, from the poorest to the richest, you see, the gospel of Jesus Christ crosses every barrier. If this doesn't excite you, you ought to check your pulse. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of of Jesus Christ in el nombre de Jesucristo for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise remind me to go back to that verse seriously in just a few minutes when we start talking about Greek remind me to go for the promise is unto you, I'm being serious, and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Or call. with many other words did he testify saying save yourselves from this untoward generation now let's plow a little bit here for a few moments that word untoward means perverse it means crooked it means morally twisted you see, every one of us, every individual, every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl, and believe it or not, that still encompasses the whole of humanity. Every individual is responsible to obey the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ and responsible to separate themselves from sinful actions. Somebody say untoward. Somebody say save yourself. It's my responsibility. It is no longer my parents' responsibility. After I have reached the age of accountability, well, when is that? When you know right from wrong. When you know right from wrong and you've got the understanding to know that you need the Savior, you are now accountable for your actions. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. You've got a responsibility. 
You have a responsibility. I know the world says that you don't have to be accountable for your actions, but honey, you do. You do have to be responsible for your actions. I'm not preaching at anybody tonight. I'm just excited. So in Acts chapter 3, we find that time has now passed from the day of Pentecost. Although we're not sure how much time, but the church has been spending time. We know how they've been spending their time. They've been spending their time together. Going from house to house in fellowship, in the breaking of bread. They're not just socializing, they are fellowshipping. They are growing together. They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That means when they get together, they're talking about Bible stuff. They're talking about scriptural stuff. They're reminiscing about everything they've heard, everything they've seen, everything they were, they were taught by Jesus, and now they're seeing that in the light of revelation since they've been filled with the Holy Ghost, and, and they're talking about it, and they're sharpening each other. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in breaking of bread from house to house. They're together. There's unity. They're growing closer to God, and they're growing closer to each other. What a recipe for revival. In Acts chapter 3, then one day Peter and John are together. On their way to where? On their way to pray. They're together on their way to the house of God at the hour of prayer. And a lame man says, hey, give me some money. He looks on them expecting to receive. Peter says, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He takes him by the hand. The Bible says immediately. I believe those who were close heard that man's bones snapping together. How else do you think it happened? It wasn't just a little, a little silent miracle. It was done out in the street immediately everything that had been wrong in his body gets straightened out and he's now got enough muscle mass that he can not only stand but elder he doesn't even need physical therapy to learn how to walk again he does not need physical therapy to learn how to stand again but he stands up with Peter and John walking and leaping and praising God If this doesn't get your flames pumping, you ought to check your ticker. Why, Pastor? Because God's still in the miracle working business. That's why. The crowd sees the miracle. They are apparently marveling at the occurrence. And Peter goes on to tell them how such a thing could happen, which is where we find our opening text. He begins to tell them, hey, you remember Jesus? You remember the one who you and your fathers crucified? You denied the Holy One in verse 14. Listen to the language. You denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer. Satan has come to steal and to kill. He's a murderer. You desired Barabbas, the son of Abbas, 
to be granted unto you. But you denied the Holy One and the just. The phraseology that he's using, the Holy One, the just, or the righteous one, were well-known titles of God from the Old Testament. And now Peter is applying them to Jesus Christ. He's letting them know, you denied the Holy One. When did we do that? When you denied Jesus, you denied the Holy One. You denied the just. Well, when did we do that? When you denied Jesus Christ. When you crucified him, you denied him. He was God manifest in the flesh. How do we know that? First Timothy chapter 3 and verse, six, verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was, I'm going to slow it down right here. God was manifest in the flesh. Folks, that's pretty, pretty easy to understand. Justified in the Spirit, seen of angels. Now that is moving beyond the realm of the visible into the realm of the invisible. It's Jesus. Well, how could it be in the flesh and seen of angels at the same time? One word. Omnipresent. That means he's everywhere all the time. Brother Pinkerton, what that means is that he could be being baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River and talking to the crowd and talking to John at the same time. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He's son of God and son of man. That's how he can be on the cross. Let's back it up. That's how he can be in body in the Garden of Gethsemane and praying to himself in the Spirit because he is omnipresent. And if you have been told that that is not possible, then they are denying, whoever that source was, is denying the omnipresence of God. Manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. That's why he said if these would hold their peace, the stones would cry out. He was being believed on in the world. They were declaring him at the triumphal entry. He is God. This is the I Am. This is the Messiah. This is the Holy One. And received up into glory. Verse 15 of Acts chapter 3. And killed the prince of life whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name. Just do me a favor. Remember all of the ands. Okay? Okay? And his name. Through faith in his name. hath made this lame man strong, whom you see and you know him. You know he was lame. You know he was a beggar. You know he sat there and you tripped over him and were annoyed by his begging. Hid your children, hid your wives as you would come to the temple. You know this man. 
but you only know him as a beggar and you have only known him as a lame man but when God gets in the midst of the turmoil and of the sickness and of the brokenness the through faith in his name or the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness. And he did it in the presence of you all so you all would know. Perfect soundness. God wants you to live in perfect soundness. He doesn't just want to heal you. He wants to make you whole. My goodness, I've been preaching for 29 minutes. And now, brethren, I what? Or I know. I know that through ignorance you did those things. I know through ignorance you've been living the way you've been living. You just don't know that there's anything better. But I'm telling you. He said, I am telling you. Today is the day. And I know that the rulers also. Did it through ignorance. Even the devil did it through ignorance. For if the princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified him. Verse 18, but those things which God did before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets. You need to remember everything that the prophets said that, that the Messiah was going to go through. Peter's telling the crowd, he's bringing to their memories. All the ways that God showed the prophets in the Old Testament that the Messiah would suffer. He's emphasizing these things in this hurt and this pain and this tribulation or turmoil. He's telling them now, I need you to remember that and I need you to see it in light of who Jesus was and what Jesus went through. That Christ should suffer. He also has fulfilled all of those things. He capitalizes on the moment. He's got them eating out of his hand the same way that he did in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Let me tell you, the message is the same. In verse 19 of Acts chapter 3, he said, repent. It gets me excited. It means to change one's mind or purpose. My purpose before was just satisfying my flesh. My purpose before may have just been being uh, wealthy, making a bunch of money. My purpose before may have just been about having a good time. My purpose before may have just been about driving fast and eating donuts and doing all kinds of fun stuff. But my purpose has changed. Peter is telling them, your purpose needs to change. You need to make an about face and start walking a different direction. You need to change the purpose of your mind. It's really the word, the Greek word for repent. It's got two words in it. Meta. Which means changed after being with. This ought to excite you. Changed 
after being with. And then the last word, which I'm not even going to try to pronounce, means think or think differently after. After a change of mind. The word repent, if we were to put those together then, would literally mean think differently after having been with. I used to think this way. When I was in the bar room, I would think this way. When I was watching this or doing that, I would think this way. When I was here and around this group of people and, and around these people that would influence me, I would think this way. When I was living in sin, I would think this way. And I would think that this was okay because the Bible says that every man's way is right in his own eyes. But after I've been with him, after I've been in his presence, after I've been exposed to his glory, the way that I started thinking changed. My thought patterns changed. Repent ye therefore. After you've heard my message, Peter's saying stop thinking the same old ways. Stop beating yourself up about what you did. Stop beating yourself up about not being good enough, about not being worthy. Stop thinking about how to please your flesh and still make it to heaven. He said, turn around. Change directions. Why? Because I've heard the message of the Messiah. The message of the Messiah ought to be enough to make you want to change. We're reverting to our roots. The message of the Messiah ought to be enough to make me want to change my way. I heard him preach. It's calling me. So, we're getting to the good stuff. Repent ye therefore. Repent ye because. And be converted. The English words be converted are one Greek word. But that word and that I told you to remember is a word all by itself. Kai. K-I-E. I'm sorry. K-A-I. Getting too excited. Repent ye therefore 
And that word chi means and, even, or also. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Let me just, I'm just, whoo, I got to slow down. Repent ye therefore and that word chi is the most common word in the Greek New Testament. In fact, it is used, Sister Blaze, over 9,000 times. You've heard me say, God did not waste words. This word, Kai, used more than 9,000. In fact, I believe it's 9,079 times. It's never adversative or used in opposition. It never means however or but. It is always used, tapping into your English skills right now, as a conjunction. What does that mean, Pastor? My English skills are rusty. That's okay. I'm going to tell you. That word and, that word chi is used as a conjunction, which means it connects one clause to another. Repent ye therefore and. Repentance is not the final destination. Woo! Repent ye therefore and. Be converted. Those that word, those English words, be converted, is one Greek word that means to turn. Sounds a lot like repentance. Except the definition continues. It means to return. It means to return. But return to what? Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18. But all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Let me tell you what conversion does. Conversion reconciles. Conversion returns you back to the place of communion with God. God, I've not come tonight to call us part way. I've come tonight to call us all the way back. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing our trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God and be converted. Now, let's go back.
Then Peter said unto them, Repent. And I looked it up. That's Kai. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Repentance is connected irreversibly to baptism. In Jesus' name. That word baptism is the Greek word baptizo, which means to immerse. That means to be fully covered. That's why we don't sprinkle. Young people, you need to hear me. You need to get this into your spirit. That's why we don't sprinkle in baptism. How I am baptized matters. How I am baptized matters. I had somebody in high school, and unfortunately, I was, I was unlearned. Too unlearned. We were talking about baptism, and I told them about bat baptizo. The need to be fully immersed. And he said, well, well, what about, you know, one drop of blood is all that it takes. One drop of Jesus' blood. If I had been knowledgeable, I would have asked him, please show me where that is in Scripture. Because it is not there. That's a song. That is a song that is not Scripture. If you find it in Scripture, please let me know. And please bring proof. Because if I'm wrong, I want to know. Because I'm responsible for what I preach. I'm going to stand before God and give an account of every message I've preached. Of every hearer. Of every word. Repent. And be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And, that's Kai, ye shall, we usually focus on shall, and connects repentance to baptism. Repent, also be baptized. Also, and there's a connection, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And those words are not in italics, meaning they were not added to your Bible during translation. Those are Greek words. That is a Greek word, Kai, that was inspired by God to show us the way to salvation. Repent. We die with Him as He died on the cross. We die to our old man. We are buried with Him in baptism. And then we arise in newness of life. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you. And again, that's Kai. And it's connecting the whole message. It's for you. It's for your children. And to all that are afar off, even as, the many of, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. And B, things are connected. You can find it throughout your whole Bible. Things are connected. We've, we just scratched the surface. We're not covering 9,000 scripture references tonight. Young preacher, you do not have to cover 9,000. 
you do not have to cover every single scripture reference. Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Are you ready? I looked this up too to make sure that I wasn't misleading you. And okay, be not conformed to this world. Holiness will lead me to a holy rebellion against everything the world is trying to shove down my throat. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Remember, repentance means I'm changing even the way I think after I have been in His presence. Now, the ultimate way to change the way that you think is to start off, yeah, we're going to start off with some fruit of repentance. My life is going to start looking differently. And, and we might say, well, I'm a pretty good person. I try my best to do good things. That's great. But if I don't have the Holy Ghost, the evidence of which is glossolalia, speaking in a heavenly language, or speaking in tongues, as we call it sometimes, then I'm just exhibiting fruits of repentance. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And be not conformed. Stop letting the world mold your identity. Young person, the world has nothing. I've been around too long. Been around the block too many times for you to convince me otherwise. I've seen too many broken people. Too many broken people. Even if it was not in the Word of God, I still wouldn't drink alcohol. I've seen too many broken people. I've seen too many broken marriages. I've seen too many abused families. Abused physically, abused emotionally. can be transformed by the renewing of my mind that I can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Acts chapter 3. I'm trying to close. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the time or the times rather of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord refreshing 
literally refers to the recovery of breath. It refers, Brother Isaac, to revival. The reviving of that which was dead. That's why we don't just preach you to repentance. Repentance is vital. You can't make it through the, the salvific process. That's the process of salvation. Without repentance. But God forbid, we only tell you that you have to repent and that you don't have to be baptized, and that the, that the outpouring of the Holy Ghost or the infilling of the Holy Ghost is just for a select few. I'm not so excited right now. I just showed us in Scripture, and B. There are things throughout our Bible that link together. They are inseparable. I can't just preach you to repentance because I'm only preaching you to death. And if I'm only preaching repentance, then you're going to come to church and you're going to feel like you're never going to make it. My God, I've been coming to church 27 and a half years. I still can't overcome. Because you're stopping at repentance. I want to learn that my sins are washed away. That's as if they never happen. That only happens when I'm baptized in His name. Peter said, Repent ye therefore. Because of what you've heard, repent ye therefore. And be converted. It doesn't stop at repentance. Brother Ezekiel does not stop at repentance. It does not stop at just baptism in His name. I can repent and I can be baptized in His name and still not have the ability to overcome sin. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Born of the water. Born of the Spirit. The recovery of breath. The breath that was snuffed out when sin entered into man's world. I've got the recovery of breath. It's the time of refreshing. <gasps> I can breathe again. I can walk with Him again. I can sit together in heavenly places with Him. Man became a living soul. To whom he said, this is the rest, wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. But I believe tonight that I'm in a group of people that will hear. I'm not just preaching about the salvation process tonight. But I'm telling you that those words and be require a continuation of action. Church, God has not called us to be a one-move maneuver or a one one hit wonder. He's not saved us to just feel good one time and then settle in for the long haul, just waiting on the Lord. 
And in Acts chapter 26, we find the Apostle Paul, years after his moment on the road to Damascus, saying in Acts 26 and verse 19, Wherefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. I have obtained a vision from God. It required me to act. That's what the Kai is. He that believeth, believing is good, and is baptized. Believing Having a spiritual encounter, being in his presence impacts my soul, but it requires action. And B, that means I've got, I've been called to action. Wherefore, O King, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first, this is where it started, unto them of Damascus. He started working immediately. He was on the road to Damascus with a pocket full of warrants to arrest and imprison church. When he was struck down by a heavenly light, who art thou, Lord? Who are you, God? Who are you, Yahweh? I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. He said, I was so affected by being in his presence, that it changed the way I think. And so this heavenly vision, I showed it first, first, first at Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and be converted and return and do works meet for repentance. You see, the word kai is being used. Obedience to the vision caused actions to be connected together. That they should repent and work. Repentance is vital. Paul is telling us, just as Peter told us, as indicated here in Paul's message of salvation, but it doesn't end with repentance. Repent and be converted. You have a moment with God, and it's going to be a moving force from this point forward. For these, for these causes, the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue... I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. You see, Paul was saying some wanted to destroy me, but I have obtained help from God. And I continue. I'm telling you today that your encounter with God demands continuing. It demands continuation. Despite being held prisoner, despite the misunderstandings, despite the arrests, the chains, and the shipwrecks, Paul was preaching, I continue and be. This happens not because I do. Not because I do church things. But because I have determined to connect what God has done in my life to my being. I am not a human doing. I am a human being. 
and be. And be. And be. Repent and be baptized. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy And with many other words. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem. And still the same word used over 9,000 times. He's connecting. What I'm going to do in your life connects to action. Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Luke 22, verse 31. Musicians, you can come. Luke 22, 31. Simon. Simon. Jesus is talking here as if the rest of the book isn't his words. But he's talking in the flesh. Simon. Simon. Behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. That those English words, have prayed, are one Greek word, which means I request and beg. Jesus was saying, Peter, I felt the pressing need. I was driven to pray for you. To make urgent appeal. I had a deep personal need that was causing me to beseech to make earnest specific requests for you because I saw what the devil was trying to do in your life and he looks at Simon Peter he said but I prayed for thee that thy faith fail not and when thou art Converted. Strengthen thy brother. When thou art converted, Satan desired to destroy you. But I prayed for you, and because I prayed for you, that prayer is now connected to your conversion. Conversion is then going to connect you with God's plan. You are going to be different than you were before. And when thou art converted, strengthen, make fast, establish. You can stand in it. That word for strengthen means a support that fixes plants down. He wasn't saying, Peter, when you're converted, get all the disciples together and get them a gym membership. Get them pumping iron, strengthen them. Peter, you are going to be the force in their world now. 
you're going to be a leader among the church. I want us tonight to get this so deep into our spirits that, that no situation is going to shake us loose. I don't want to just do. I want to be. I don't want to just do church stuff. I want to be the church. I want it to be so deep inside of me. I'm telling you that your conversion ties to your identity. And be not conformed. You're the tree planted by rivers of living water. You have the ability to strengthen and support the brethren. You have the opportunity to be renewed and transformed. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Repent and be baptized. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The promise is unto you and to your children and to their children and to all that are of Paul said, the encounter that I had with God got so deep inside of me that my ministry began immediately. Immediately I changed the way that I thought. God's speaking to, to Paul or Saul of Tarsus over here and he's speaking to Ananias over here and he's telling Ananias, go down to Damascus, the street called Straight. You're going to find Saul of Tarsus there. I want you to lay hands on him and pray for him. But Lord, you don't know. Yeah, I know. And that conversion propelled him into being. Folks, God's calling us to continue. The Spirit being poured out into your life connects you with His mission. I want to be. I want to be. I want to be. You can read all 9,000 occurrences of Kai in the New Testament if you wish. But this is where it starts. You need to get reconnected with God's vision for your life if you've been disconnected. You say, well, I just don't know if that's for me. Then I dare you to step out of your pew. Come to this altar. Tonight, listen to me before you start praying. Tonight, we're not going to anyone's pew and dragging you to the altar. We're not going to lay hands on anybody that's in the pew. If you want it, there's something that happens in your spirit when you step out in faith. It begins with that decision. You may not even make it to the altar and be converted. If you want to pray, this altar is open. I want to get connected to God's vision and plan for my life. I want to get connected. I want to get connected.